Welcome to On the Road with Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from the Idle Chatter family of podcasts. I invite you to jump in and join me. Along the way, we will get to know some really interesting people and their stories. Be it farming or firing orders, these folks are passionate about growing things or making horsepower. So let's get this bad boy fired up and head off to destinations unknown. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to On the Road. I have a very, very special guest today on the show, and I I know that you're going to truly, truly enjoy it, and this man is an inspiration to all. He's gone through a lot of challenges in his life with his health, and yet has risen above those challenges and moved on and uh, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful story. It's a story of faith. It's a, sto- it's, a, it's a story of pulling yourself up by the book bootstraps. It's a story of never losing sight of what your destination is, even though sadly, later in life, our guest lost his sight. And that's a terrible, terrible thing to happen. And I am just so blessed that he is a listener to the show. Uh, and I just want to welcome, welcome Mike to On the Road. Thank you, Ray. It's wonderful to to be on this and um, to uh, have your listeners uh, listen to my story, and hopefully, it can be an inspiration to them. Um, well, I know I know that it will, Mike. Because to be quite honest with you, I you've been a long time listener in the show, which I greatly, greatly appreciate and and honor. And you're a man of of uh, such knowledge and such a, such an eclectic background within a few minutes i'm going to ask you to share that with the audience but more importantly your daughter you have what three children correct and yes i have three children um luke brenna and austin and uh they're in there well luke's 28 brenna's 26 and austin's 24 so the the twenties, no They're, longer the teens. No, that's fine. And what's your wife's name? Uh, my wife's Michelle, and we've been married thirty-one years. Wow! Wow! And now your one daughter—forgive <clears throat> me if I have—don't recall her name, but she just got married this past weekend. So that's a wonderful, wonderful blessing. So just please tell us about that joy that you had this past week. Yeah, we had a wonderful wedding um, in Bloomer, Minnesota or excuse me, Bloomer, Wisconsin, which is up by Eau Claire, about an hour and a half from um, Minneapolis, St. Paul, out in the country. And they had uh, reception at a barn that was remodeled and um, perfect weather. Um, and now I have my I have a son-in-law, and he's actually a mechanical engineer and works um, with robotic milkers and carousel parlors. So uh, get get got a son-in-law that knows ag and uh which is wonderful wonderful young man and you have a daughter and she's going to be a vet right a large animal vet yes brenna who got married she's going to be starting her third year of vet school it's a four-year program and uh um so she's doing very well with that and uh um will be i think very successful and when uh she's done and working as a vet and taking care of animals 
So that that that's wonderful. But we can't we can't have her steal the show, even though she just got married. Because the bride always has the spotlight. Him, but you have two other children. So let's hear what they're doing in their lives. Okay. Yeah. And my youngest son, Austin, he's actually at Florida State University working on his PhD. Um, he's been down there now two years, and it's it'll probably be four or five year program to get that. And he's actually working. Um, in the field of neurology and the eyes. So he's really working hard to try to find a way to regain, help me regain my sight. And that's wonderful. And, and your other son's a fa- in the farming business, right? Yeah. Yep. I saved him for last. Uh, he's kind of got my passion on the farming side. And uh, so he uh, went to the university of Minnesota and has uh, animal science degree with an emphasis in dairy and, works on a, a dairy as a herdsman and has just now started some of his cow herd um, with that dairy. And as well, he does crop farming. He farms about 70 acres of corn and soybeans. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And he's not far from you in Caledonia, Minnesota, right? Correct. He's in Caledonia, Minnesota. He's actually uh, um, lives with us and uh, or we live with him and uh, it's it's wonderful to have him here and kind of to be able to help out too um given that i'm um, not able to drive right right yeah that's that's uh, that's that's one and and i forgive me if i didn't um if i didn't pay attention properly but what is his name Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Luke, Luke is Luke. his name. Right. So Austin is going to be taking, going for the PhD, and Luke is is the herdsman. Is it a quite? Is it a? Is, it must be a pretty large dairy herd. Um, they milk around 350. Okay. Okay. And, and they they have all the young stock and raise all their own feed. Okay. Um, so it's a it's a very busy dairy day. They actually sell a lot of embryos actually all over the world oh, really? um, and that. So it's, uh, they're into the genetic side of things too. Okay. Okay. And what are they, what are they, Holsteins? Um, Holstein and Brown Swiss. Okay, nice. <laughs> the Holstein Brown Swiss mix or is the herd mixed? The herd's mixed. They, they have uh, registered Holstein and registered okay. Um, okay. Brown Swiss. Because I think some people crossbreed them, but I may be wrong. I'm just a milk drinker. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but you, you have a wonderful, and I kind of stole the show by telling people that you did lose your eyesight later on in life. But I'd like to go back, if it's all right with you, and tell us, tell the audience where you grew up. I know you grew up in Washington State, but tell us a little bit about that. And also about you being around when Mount St. Helens blew up years ago. Yes, yeah. I grew up between Seattle and Portland, and it's a community called Onalaska. It's about 35 to 40 miles the way the crow flies from Mount St. Helens. And uh, I was actually 10 years old when the mountain blew, and I can remember because uh, my dad had gotten a bummer lamb for me, um, and I actually had just fed him and was coming in and, and when it erupted and we could look out our picture window and and you could it was it was lots of lightning and basically a solar eclipse it was uh, really something we didn't get ash when it erupted the first time um but seven miles up the road at my grandparents they were getting ash 
And of course, you had to get in the vehicle and drive up to the grandparents to see what it was like yeah, to yeah. ash. But <laughs> probably, yeah. probably not the best for the engine. But uh, yeah, well, um, well, it's a once in a lifetime so it could it could deal with. So you said there was there was there was lightning. The lightning was coming out of the volcano. There was uh, lightning in the the ash cloud because of the heat from the oh. volcano or from the ash. So it was causing heat lightning. Wow. Well, wow, that's very, that's very, that's very, very interesting. And uh, that was um, in May, right? Like May eighteenth, I think it blew up. That must have been, that must have been something to see. Was it loud? Did you did you hear anything, or did you just see it? Um, I just I just saw it, and I shouldn't say I didn't see you know the precise moment, but just uh, as the plume was getting bigger, and um, okay. you know you could you could tell. I don't remember hearing a noise. Okay. Um, but I definitely remember that day. And then it, I think it was May 28th. Okay. Um, it erupted the second time and we actually got ash and they closed school for the year. Oh, um, wow. Wow. But, I, I didn't yeah. remember that it erupted twice. Wow. I, I, I didn't remember that. What, so I remember the first eruption or, wow. but I don't remember, but I have my own Mount St. Helens story, even though I'm not from Washington state, like you are my, but my, we were, I'm a little bit older than you. So we had just gotten out. My, just got my driver's license and my buddy Glenn and I drove cross country in a 71 Buick. And we ended up going up into Oregon in Washington. And, uh, this was, about two months after the, the volcano exploded, my cousin lives in Washington State, and we went to go see him. But I remember wherever we were in Washington State on secondary roads that they were actually using snow plows yet to plow the, to plow, to plow the ash to the side of the road. Wow. Yeah, yeah I know we, uh, we had someone contact us from Texas and wanted us to send them ash, which okay. we... We did, and and that, and um, it, and it didn't have a major eruption on the twenty eighth. Okay, um, but it throughout the, I think for a couple of years it was erupting because I can remember we make small square bells and we'd load them on the wagon. I can remember being on the wagon and oh, the mountains blowing and it would or <laughs> erupted and it would just have a little plume. I mean, beautiful okay. plume. But from our picture window, you can see uh, Mount Rainier. Um, and uh, Mount St. Helens, and sometimes you can see Mount Adams, just a, okay. just a touch of it, so it's just a beautiful area. No, it's go- it's, go- it's a gorgeous, gorgeous area. My cousin lives on the Washington side of the Columbia River, so he's right on, he's, I think, Bingen. He used to live in Bingen, but I think it's White Salmon, Washington, so his he has a nice little farm there, and it faces uh, Mount Hood in Oregon. So it's uh, it's a uh, no. That's that definitely, definitely some of the Lord's finest handiwork is is up there in the Pacific Northwest. There's no, there's no denying. So now you grew up there. Now you said that your mom and dad are still with us. Thank God. Are they still in Washington, or where are they? Yes, they're still in Washington. And my youngest brother now has moved. They have a. I grew up on a sixty-acre farm, and we raised replacement heifers and. Uh, I'm the second oldest of ten siblings. Ten, ten. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. that's a lot. Of, hey, that's a lot of farm labor, free labor. Uh, yeah, Dad uh, definitely didn't wear the tractor out when us boys were around. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. There was five, four boys in a row, and then a set of twins, a boy and a girl. So uh, wow. Um, we uh, 
well, played a lot, or I should say, well, played and worked. Yeah, yeah. So, wow, ten, 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 ten. Wow, there was ten of you all together. And is every and, and is everyone still with us? That no one, no one passed on. Um, unfortunately, just recently, my youngest sister passed away okay. from cancer. I'm sorry to hear so, that. Yeah, that's a shame. Did, um, did they did they stay in Washington? Um, I. Uh, my parents or my siblings? No, everybody. I mean, your, your siblings. Oh, they, they, they stay in. I know your parents. You said is still in. Did the, your siblings stay in Washington, or they disperse? Uh, they they somewhat dispersed. Um, I've got a brother up in the Minneapolis area, okay. or outside of Minneapolis, and I have a brother in Tennessee. And oh, okay. And then, yep, quite <laughs> a few wound up in Eastern Washington. Wow. Versus Western Washington. So. Wow, wow, wow. That's now that was. Uh, I'm. I'm just curious because it's part of who you are. Uh, so out of the ten children, so were you in the middle? Are you were the, the the baby? You were the oldest, or where do, where do you fall? How do you? I'm the I'm the second oldest. Okay. So and just for the audience, I'm 53 years old. Okay. So there wasn't too many. I knew maybe one other family that was a large family. Okay. Most uh, of my classmates in that is one or two children. So, right, right. Um, wow. wow, that was uh, that was something. That 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 was that was now. Uh, so now, your, what is your mom and dad's name? Because they're going to listen to the uh, show. They're gonna say, they didn't even talk about us. Yeah, yeah. Frank and Betty. Oh, were, Betty, Betty. Okay, um, my sister's name is Betty. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Now, is is Werner a Ger of German descent? What is that? Uh, what is the what is the uh, the nationality of Werner? Yeah, it's actually a um, German Russian. Okay, and they came over. Let's see. The Grandpa Werner came over from Odessa in. Uh, believe it was 1903 okay he was three years old when when he came over um so and my grandma on my dad's side was as well okay they came over in 1888 wow. um from from odessa wow. and that and settled in um north dakota central okay. north dakota um they were used to their weather there. <laughs> they were used to. Their yes, they. Yes, they are. It was. It's kind of interesting because where they settled, it's uh, fifteen miles from any town. Even wow. though I, I believe there was a, um, a hardware store or a country store okay. that was closer, but Dad said within within five mile radius, he had close to uh, fifty first cousins. Well, that would include his brothers and sisters, wow. but there's. There's 50 of them, all about the same age, so uh, lots of stories. Yeah, that's, that's nice. I came from a tiny family, so I'm always, my, my wife's family was quite large. But, I mean, her, um, her, my mother-in-law had was was one of 11 or 12 children, so the, that family was large. But now what about your mom's side, Betty's side? Um, mama actually grew up where I grew up or near there. Okay. She grew up on a on a dairy farm and she has four siblings and uh, yeah it, the interesting part is my parents actually met in hawaii they were both working in hawaii when they met so oh, and what nationality uh, what nationality is your mother what, what's her background oh uh, my mom is swiss oh swiss oh so you're german russian swiss correct yeah wow. now yep. now that begs to ask the question what were they doing in hawaii 
you know, I think they just wanted to check out Hawaii. <laughs> it was yeah. kind of the, the reason. And my dad was in the military okay. um, for a couple of years and uh, he uh, served in Fort Lewis, Washington. He okay. said never go back because of all the rain. But yeah. then he met mom and he okay. wound up in Washington. Uh, okay, well, that happens. Uh, you know, that happened. Yeah. That happens. We're going to talk later on in the show about how you met your wife, but it was, we're, not, we're, yeah. not, we're not there yet. So that's that's great. So you're, uh, and now you, your wife, your wife is Michelle, did you say her name was? Please forgive me if I have that wrong. Yep, and yep correct. What is, what is her, I know she grew up in, what, North Dakota, right, or someplace around there? Yes, she grew up in Mayville, North Dakota, and uh, which is in the Red River Valley between uh, Fargo and Grand Forks, North right. Dakota. And uh, her uh, her grandparents farmed, um, and she was she spent a lot of time out on the farm as okay. well. Um, yeah, so it's. Uh, and she's Norwegian. Oh, Norwegian! So our, oh, so oh yeah. my God, you're United United Nations. So it's Norwegian, Swiss, Russian, and German, right? So yeah, yeah. So you 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 get that. So your kids are all. Uh, that's nice. You really you you're American, right? Heinz 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 fifty seven. Well, that's you know, that that's uh, that's what it's all about. So now I know that you. Uh, so you went to high school in Washington State, and you uh, and then also at one particular point you. Were running a chainsaw, right, for the for uh, for the Department of Natural Resources or something? Right, yeah. During college, for two summers, I worked for the Washington State DNR, and I, um, it was a twenty-person crew, and they had four of us that could run chainsaw if we needed to, and I was part of those four. And uh, um, thankfully, um, this would have been in the early nineties. We didn't have too many forest fires, but. Okay. Uh, it was just an absolutely wonderful experience and uh, um, got, got on a few fires and uh, but more just the camaraderie of, of working with the other crew members. Yeah. And what would you cut? In other words, so you were running a chainsaw. Was this, was this like preventative cutting or forestry management or what would you, uh, or would you be cutting? Uh, so what would you be cutting? Well, when there wasn't fires, it, there would be some forestry management. Okay. Um, so we'd go in and cut out alders, like in a fir patch, Douglas fir patch. Yeah. Um, but then if we were on a fire, we would cut logs to uh, cut a trail. Okay. To put a put a trail around the fire. Um, and uh, um, that was the uh, main main duty of the crew. So okay. a lot sometimes we get called out if there's fires. Okay. In Eastern Washington, they just stage us in case it got out of control. Then they right. bring us in. Yeah. So now, yeah. did they send you to training for you for chainsaw for chainsaw operation and for cutting? Uh, they did. It was pretty basic, but uh, they did have an individual that was uh, logger for a number of years, and he worked for the state. Um, before that he was falling trees and okay. that and he took us out and uh, he had I, I must have been at least a three foot bar if not a four foot bar on wow. his saw and um, 
let let us use it to cut a couple pieces of firewood just to have all that power behind our hands yeah yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's uh well good well god bless you you're the guy i need over here because i'm not good with a ch- i'm not good with a chain so you and i discussed that once before so uh mm-hmm. i'm afraid of trees if they're laying on the ground i'm okay with them but if they're standing the they 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 scare me <clears throat> so that that was a wonderful experience and 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 I know eventually where you went up you went up to North Dakota to college, right? And you were studying what finance? That's where you met your wife? Correct. I was studying business administration and accounting okay. and um, at Mayville State University in Mayville, North Dakota, and that's where my um wife is from and Michelle was also um attending college there and she had um Oops, I'm sorry. You might be hearing something. We got a thunderstorm. Don't worry too, about so. it. That's real. This is, this is real. Nothing gets, nothing gets more real in my show. That's good. You need the rain. You told me off the yes. air you need the rain. So thank God for that, right? So don't worry about yes. that. Don't worry about that whatsoever. Now, what did Michelle study? What did, what did, what, what did, what did she study in school? She studied business administration, okay. math, and um, accounting. Okay. As well. And okay. right now she works for the county and she's the chief deputy recorder at the county. Okay. So, so that's good. That's good. But you know, then again, another question I have to ask you. All right. So you have, so I know from us having conversations back and forth or emails and listening to the show is that I know that, that you'll, you're definitely passionate about agriculture. You, you check all the boxes to be a hot rod farmer. You're passionate about agriculture and you're passionate about, about machinery, about engines, about machinery and equipment. And then you grew up on this farm in the beautiful Washington state, right? You grew up, you did all this, you worked on a logging crew. How did, how did this finance interest come into your life? to study finance and accounting because you were an outside kid. You're an outside guy. And then now you, you're a suit and tie guy. How did that happen? Well, it's kind of by accident. And I, in college, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I've always been really good at accounting. Okay. And so I, you know, studied that and, and then I wound up after college, the economy was pretty tough finding a job, but right. I wound up with a job with the, potato farm um, up by Grand Forks, North Dakota, and and then got to work with the bankers and thought, wow, they get the holidays off. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, bankers hours, right? That's where bankers hours came about, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little bit of a fallacy to that. There's yeah. uh, a lot of be some long days. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's how you got yeah. it. Now let me ask you a question. Now be honest. You're a Christian man. Be honest. Did Michelle have anything to do with you pursuing? Because she said, oh, man, I met this girl in this class. I got I to gotta take accounting and, and business. So did you have that path first, or did you meet her first and decide to go down that path? Well, we actually met. Uh, honestly, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's. It's uh, it's an interesting story because I worked in the mailroom at the college, and there's only, I think there's around 600 students, so I kind of knew all the students' name, and yeah. um, she was good friends with Michelle, and we like to play the card game Pinochle, and okay. so a friend of mine and uh, then Michelle and her friend, we play Pinochle, and whoever lose had to cook the other one's dinner, so oh, okay. uh, 
that that's kind of how how it all started and uh um but they still accuse us of cheating but uh we uh we didn't have to cook too many meals, right? Oh, okay. Sure. You didn't have to cook. Oh, well, oh, see, I thought that you were trying to win her over with your culinary skills. I thought that you were losing on, on you know, so, so, okay, so you didn't have to cook too many meals. So you said, okay, fine, all right. I, I, I had it backwards. So now, uh, so, when you, so when you saw her the first time, did you think she was going to be your wife? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that. Um, I mean, that'd be your I'm wife, trying, but you I'm felt that you, you felt that tingle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think after the first date and stuff, I knew there was something. Yeah. Um, that, that it could become a serious relationship, okay. and okay. um, so she's a a wonderful person, and uh, we share a lot, a lot in common, common yeah. values, and yeah. So, did she come from a big family like you did? No, she's actually an only child. Okay, wow. So you made up for you made up for it. Yeah, it's kind of a shocker when we would go home to the holidays and there's <laughs> I I can be in three conversations at one time and Michelle's used to just one. Right, so, right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's uh that so uh, where did you go on your first date? Um to the bar. Oh, to the bar. So I, okay. I had just turned twenty-one. Okay, to the so. bar. Okay, all right. Yeah, hey, it's, honest, it's honesty. It's honesty, right? So to the bar. So good. That's good. Excellent. Excellent. So, so now I just want to touch on if it's right that you know that seed potato company. There must have been a, that you worked for. There must have been a pretty big operation for the hire to hire somebody like an accountant and a bookkeeper like that, right? It, you know, it was, and uh, we ship uh, a lot of seed potatoes. Um, down to Florida, and they they usually the winter time, so we were always busy year round. And then we also had sugar beets and small grains. There wasn't so much corn in that area yeah. at that time, right? But uh, they were in the seed potato business for about fifty years. Wow! And a couple of years after I left, uh, they had sold out of the potato business, okay. but. Uh, um, it's a tough it's a tough business it's uh, you can make a lot or you can lose a lot uh, yeah you know it's like it's like anything any business and, and if you put farming and business together it's a really is a miracle right <laughs> that you're able yes. to able because there's always something going wrong either the, the farming end is going wrong or the business end the business end is going wrong. but i never knew that they grew a lot of potatoes in florida so that's very 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 interesting now uh now when, when you grew up in Washington, I, I you said it, but I I can never pronounce that name right. How do you pronounce it? Polly up, Polly up. Oh, Puyallup. Puyallup. Oh, pew oh. like pew. It stinks. Puyallup. <laughs> okay, I can never I can never pronounce that. Now uh, that uh, so I I, I know that I, that I always get that wrong. I always butcher that up like I do people's names. So now you went to school. You worked for a seed potato company. You got you got married, right? You got married to your love there, and uh, you ended up uh, going to get it. You ended up going into the banking community. But you you had told me off the air that you moved a lot. You like this itinerant preacher banker, like itinerant. So how come you moved? They had what five times in five years or something. Right. Yeah, I uh, had gotten into, it was a regional bank, and they liked my ag background, 
um, being at the Sea Potato Company, and they were in mostly rural communities. And so they had a credit trainee program, and I went into that. And part of that program is just spent uh, uh, I spent four months at the headquarters and then eight months out in the field. And I had wound up um, going to Redfield, or I started out their headquarters in Fargo, North Dakota, and then I went um, on site and trained in Redfield, South Dakota, and also went to a bank one of their banks in Huron, South Dakota, and Gettysburg, South Dakota. So any of your listeners from South Dakota, I'm sure recognize those names. And, yeah. um, and then from there, I had taken a lending position in Wheaton, Minnesota, which is kind of on the North Dakota, South Dakota border okay. um, on the Minnesota side. And then there was an opportunity to manage a bank in Ada, Minnesota, so I did that and uh, just uh, moved up the ladder pretty quickly. And then they asked me to manage a bank here in Caledonia. Or there's actually two or three locations here okay. in Caledonia oh, well, that they asked me to uh, manage. Uh, so then we came down here in 2000. Oh, okay. So the impetus for you to go to Caledonia was your job in the banking community. Okay. Yeah. And then did now... I mean, that's a lot. A lot of moves. Did the bank give you a place to live or something, or did they? Or were you totally on your own to look for a place to live? Because I mean, you you practically living in a U-Haul truck. Yeah, U-Haul did pretty good on us. But yeah, they, yeah. Uh, the bank the bank was wonderful. They uh, would pay for the moves. Um, the first move though from to Redfield, South Dakota, is our our son Luke was born. Um, he was supposed to be due on. April 1st and didn't come till April 16th. Okay. And I think it was April 23rd. We moved. Oh, wow. <laughs> it uh, put a lot on Michelle, but uh, yeah. every move has been very good for us. Oh, that's good. And now, now at that particular point, that was, I mean, she's a very, I mean, I never met her obviously, but she had to be a very special lady and, and very much in love with you because, uh, I mean, she, she was following you around all over the, uh, the Great Plains and Upper Midwest there, you know, I mean, to keep, keep picking up, set up a house and move and set up a house and move. And it also was hard on her career, right? It, it, it was, but we had decided when we had children that, uh, you know, one of our goals was to be able to have Michelle at home okay, with great, the kids. Great. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but, that, no, you know, I think that's the most important job. Yes. Um, is raising your children versus uh, how much is in the bank account. And yep. uh, so uh, God blessed us to let her be able to do that. And uh, um, and as we talked earlier, our kids, um, not only their careers, but they're just wonderful young adults and with high character and high integrity and um that to me that's all you can ask you yeah, know that's that that's wonderful and i <clears throat> i i guarantee you they would not have turned out I'm, I'm sure they would have turned out fine but not to the quality that, that they are if michelle was not a stay-at-home mom and i I, I, apl I applaud the both of you because you were young you were on the corporate ladder climbing the corporate ladder she had a background in in finance and then you made collectively made the what i feel is the proper decision 
in life. And like I agree with you 100%. This, you know, the money is not everything. And your legacy will not be your money. Your legacy will be your children and your grandchildren. So it's, uh, so that, 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 that is wonderful. So now when you came to Caledonia, did the bank tell you, well, this is it, buddy? We're not moving you all around anymore? Or did you kind of... Uh, did you put down your stake? You know, did you put put your stake in the ground and say we're not moving anymore, or how did that how did that happen? Yeah, I I kind of put a stake in the ground from the standpoint of you know I didn't want the, the kids. All of our kids were able to go from kindergarten through high school. Okay, and I did. I really didn't want to have to have them switch schools and right. And we've got so many close fans. It's this this is home now okay i was gonna yeah, yeah 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 and going back to michelle um you know she did uh a uh, lots of volunteer work for the school okay. um and that and she served on the school board for 11 years and so um you know community service has always been important right, to right, us and right. and trying to give back right right and i know that you uh and the only reason why i knew that is because interesting enough when I call you, when I call you, it comes up Caledonia Rotary Club. So you're a Rotarian, right? You've been in the Rotary for quite some time. Correct. I believe close to 20 years I've been in wow. Rotary. And uh, when I lost my sight, uh, the, our local Rotary Club, um, the members would bring me over to cardio rehab and doctor's appointments. And um, it's just a, a wonderful group of people and a wonderful organization. Yeah. And they must really like you because your phone number comes from Caledonia Rotary. <laughs> it doesn't come up. It doesn't come up. Mike Warner on the caller ID. So they must really, really like you. But uh, so, so basically, in essence, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that um, in I mean, like any, like any life storms come into come into life, and storms come and go, and they blow in the, the hey the, the metaphoric Mount Saint Helens, the volcanoes of life blow right, and uh, and you, you had your trials and tribulations, uh, and the Lord blessed your path and blessed you to to and Michelle to be together and blessed you with three wonderful children, and a career and still having your family and your parents, which is which is wonderful. Uh, but now there was that faithful day that that the ship crashed, that the metaphoric ship of life crashed, and that was the day. So would you mind sharing with us what had happened to, to medically to lead up to you losing your sight, if you don't mind, please? No, I, I don't mind at all. Um, it was in uh, July of 2012, I just had a routine doctor's appointment and um, some of my numbers were way off, especially my kidney function. And here in Caledonia, Minnesota, we're uh, about seven miles from Wisconsin, seven miles from Iowa, just to give your listeners kind of an idea where, where we're from. And we're also 75 miles from Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. And, Thank goodness for that. Um, I had a couple misdiagnoses, and but then when I wound up at Mayo, they discovered that I had a um, a type of blood cancer that was plugging the kidneys, and so they put me on chemo. It was kind of a lighter chemo, um, and I believe I started that probably the beginning of September, 
and I was getting close to my last treatment. And then they were going to do a, they were going to take my stem cells and do a stem cell transplant in January. And, um, my sons wrestle and I've, I've always been very involved in wrestling. And so it was December 8th. And that morning we actually have a hot air balloon festival here in Caledonia. And I, I went on a hot air balloon ride and was heading over to, um, Toma, Wisconsin for a wrestling tournament. And I had actually just called Michelle because I couldn't remember which exit to take. And I told her, geez, I think I might be having a heart attack. And I still, to this day, don't, I'm not sure what cued that up. But then I got to the parking lot and was walking to go in and had shortest of breath. I couldn't make it to the door. And I was in pretty good shape because I wanted to be ready for the stem cell transplant and had been running a couple miles every three days um, on the treadmill. And uh, so I, I knew something wasn't quite right. And I got in and I sat down. The lady asked me, are you okay? And the next thing I knew, I f was shocked. Um, I had went into cardiac arrest and had passed out right there. And, you know, thankfully it was the, the Lord was with me on that one because the athletic trainers came over and put a AD and shocked me and were able to, to bring me back. And um, I, I remember seeing Luke and Austin close by and, or right there and stuff. And um, I think I might've been more concerned about their wrestling than uh, yeah. um, Your health. my health. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I remembered, you know, telling them it'll be okay. And they tell mom and Brenda, I love them. And, um, and told them that, and then told them to go, uh, um, let's say, I got to use this politically correct for, for you know, this air, is, but, you uh, know, no, you know, nothing is politically <laughs> correct on my show. You listen to it. The, 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 go, go kick some donkey. How about yeah, that? Yeah, 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 the other side of a horse's head, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on. Yep. Yeah. No, this is yeah. not politically correct. It's a family <laughs> show, but no politically correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then, uh, um, so then they, and the hospital was only like a mile away, okay. about a $600 ride for a mile, that's but not right. even a mile, a couple blocks, but that's yeah, all right. That's they fine. took care of me. And, uh, um, so then when I was there, then they, uh, um, went from, flew me from Toma to Gunderson and, uh, was that a helicopter? Was that a helicopter or an airplane? That was a helicopter. Yeah. It's about, I want to say 45 miles to the cross. Okay. And then, uh, they weren't, weren't able to bring me to Rochester. Um, I was kind of hoping to go there, but I was, I was totally, I was in and out of consciousness. A lot of the okay. stuff that happened after they shocked me and brought me back, I, I don't remember. Okay. Um, but then they, uh, they went in what had happened. Um, they were going in to put in a stamp and my heart stopped and they shocked it nine times and they finally decided that we're going to put in a device um to help the heart pump okay and that uh, where i was at they they didn't uh, really support that or they supported but there's better support at right. the university of wisconsin regional hospital in madison um 
and there was a snowstorm coming in. So they, they flew me to Madison, um, for that or that night. So that, that day I had a hot air balloon ride and two helicopter rides. And, uh, yeah. And then it, uh, it was a couple days later that I gained consciousness and, uh, was, and realized that I was blind and what had happened, it was due to a lack of oxygen to the optic nerve. Oh, it's oxygen, and, not not blood flow, oxygen to the optic nerve. Okay, okay. Right. Yeah. Which would have been th- through the through the blood flow. Right. Um, and, and that. And so what, it, um, kind of backing up a little bit, your listeners might be thinking, well, why did you have a heart attack or what happened? What uh what they believe happened is it's almost like a garden hose yeah. where the inside liner of the garden hose came down and acted like a check valve. So oh, it okay. let the blood through right. and that's, that's where they kind of had trouble with the stent and trying and okay. things went, uh, went sour, went sour, but God was with me. God yeah. was with me the whole way. Um, yeah. just looking at that. I mean, thank goodness. When I was driving, you know, down interstate, I could have right. collapsed right there and cu- hurt somebody. Right. Um, and that, so, uh, but then I, so I was at the regional hospital and um, it's called a bad machine is what was helping it pump. And you can be on that, a temporary one for, I believe it was 21 days. Okay. So I went in on the 8th and uh, they had to do a, another surgery to kind of get rid of some, they call it some junk around the heart. And then it was actually, uh, I was having a little bit of trouble. I I didn't know I was really having trouble, but they monitor you right. very, very closely. And they, uh, um, they decided on Christmas day that they were going to take this bad machine out. And whether they thought I might be have to carry around a suitcase with the machine to help the hard pump. Okay. But it's, uh, so it's Christmas day and I can remember it's clear as day. I can remember thinking that, you know, if God's going to take me, I'm surrounded by my family. My parents were there. Yeah. Um, a brother had came, came from Tennessee and, um, we spent Christmas in the hospital, but it was like, you know, what, what a wonder, if you're going to go, this is, this would be a wonderful way to go and, uh, having them surrounded by family, but, uh, came out and uh, surgery and everything went well, the heart was pumping. Um, and so then, uh, it's like each day they would pull a different tube out of me. Um, so, and then I believe it was like January 3rd or 4th. Um, they, I was able to move to lacrosse to the hospital there for inpatient rehab. And, uh, I came in, it was a month, I believe it was a Monday. And then, uh, Luke had a home wrestling match on Friday and, uh, I was able to talk to doctor. They were going to let me out on Saturday. I said, well, can we do a test run? Can I go to his wrestling match on, on Friday? And, uh, they let me do that. And okay. so I went to that and then back to the hospital for that night and was released. And, you know, a couple stories in the hospital in Madison that, uh, we have angels with us every, every day. And, uh, I had nurses that were just angels. The one nurse on her day off went to, uh, uh, to a store for the blind. 
Yeah. And she actually picked me up a book on tape and had an old recorder that she brought in. And um, it was just amazing. And then there's a, another uh, nurse that uh, she was really good at giving massages. So she would give me a massage and just, um, I was in really tough shape. I went from 160 pounds to 119 pounds while in the hospital and, um, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't walk, well, probably five or six steps, um, without having to stop and, and rest. And then, uh, so, um, fortunately when we built our home, we had everything on one level. So thank God, uh, right? Thank God, yeah. God, God inspired. I, I, I don't want, I don't want you to break your cadence, but I just want to ask you a couple of questions, if that's okay, Mike. Is that yes, that's fine. Yeah, when if we turn turn the clock back, when you went to the doctor for a checkup and he told it that you had a cancer, did you have? Because I think this is important uh, for listeners. Did you have any symptoms when you went to the doctor? Uh, or that was just a checkup, you said. I mean, did you have any symptoms? Or did you? I mean, that must have been a shocking thing to think that, that you go to the doctor to find out you have cancer. Yeah, well, the, the first time that I went to the doctor for the routine, they, they've always uh, kind of been watching okay. um, my blood with, for some family history and that. But I, I came in and my blood pressure was... 240 over 120. Um, yeah. And the biggest shocker was, is my kidney function. If you look at the chart was starting to get to the point of kidney failure. Um, so then, and they didn't know, they thought uh, it was actually the blood pressure that was hurting the kidneys originally. And I'm like, yeah, this doesn't quite add up. And that's where I went to Mayo and my doctor. Fortunately, my doctor that where I was at was like, I have no problem with you getting a second opinion. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, and that's what I encourage your listeners. I know in machinery digest and that we talk a lot about equipment, but the most important piece of equipment on your farm is you. Exactly. Make sure to take care of yourself. uh, Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, so, so basically, uh, but, but you were still functioning, you were going to the wrestling match, you were going to work and what have you. So, uh, then, then, um, and then, all, then all of this, this train really, really, really went off the track. And, uh, and I, and this is a personal question that I'm going to ask you, but it's personal because I've had two fears in my life. And uh, my one fear was to lose my eyesight. That's why I stopped riding my motorcycle. And the other fear has was been since I was a child to a young man to uh, become paralyzed. And you experienced the one fear uh, that I that, that that was so embedded in me. And it, would you mind sharing your thought process with all of this going on here? You, your young father, you're in the middle of the middle of your career. You have three children. You made a decision with Michelle that she's going to be a stay-at-home mom, and you're going to raise the kids. Granted, they were a little bit older at the time, but would you would you mind sharing? You must have been had so many emotional struggles inside, and uh, during that time. I did. And, you know, I think the biggest struggle, or I, I realized after the heart attack, cause it, it did damage my heart. My heart's oh, probably half of what it's supposed to be as far as its traction ratio, how it pumps. Right. 
and that. But, you know, back when I was diagnosed, they weren't using the, the C word, the cancer right, word. Right. They were c- calling it by that. And I think I was kind of in denial and, you know, doctors and, and uh, um, social workers would ask you, well, how are you doing? And, you know, I'm a guy, I'm tough, I'm right. fine, I'm fine. I was so messed up and uh, um, I, I wasn't fine, but I wasn't showing willing it. to it, showing it or willing to admit it. And uh, I think that I was under extreme stress between work and the cancer and, and then all of a sudden the heart attack hit and, and losing my sight. But, uh, you know, I, I was able to keep my faith. I, um, and God was there and my friends were just amazing in the community and, and family. Cause when I, I mentioned there was a snowstorm, um, and I had talked to a friend before saying when I got the stem cell transplant, if he could plow out our driveway, we live outside of town on a small acreage, about yeah. 48 acres. And, uh, um, the neighbor said there was almost a lineup of snow plows oh, to make sure our driveway was open for the kids and Michelle. And, how wonderful. Um, yeah, people were bringing food over and uh, looking after the kids and then coming yeah. in and visiting us at the, at the hospital. And so it was, uh, um, it, it was so tough because it wasn't just dealing with the blindness. I was worried about what was going on with the cancer. Oh, sure. I was about and with your family. What was going on with, with, with the family. The heart, and with the family. family. Right, right. All right. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you this, Mike, and if you choose, you don't have to answer it. Obviously, you don't have to answer it all. Uh, but laying in that hospital bed, and I believe you were in, I mean, collectively, you were in the bed for like four months, right? In the, or in the hospital for four months, right? For a number of months. And um, yeah, well, I was in there Ray, for a month, but then I was in cardio rehab, which was outpatient. Oh, outpatient for, okay. a, for another yeah four okay. months. Oh, okay, okay. So at least you get, were able to come home. And did they give? And I'm leading up to a question, uh, if that's okay. Uh, did they give you any hope early on of you regaining your eyesight? Did they think it was temporary? Uh, did they think it would come back, or was it? When did when did you? When was it acknowledged that you're probably not going to get your eyesight back when on this journey? It was probably uh, a week later. Okay. Because um, once they figured out I was losing my sight, they put me on a really strong steroid, hoping oh, maybe this will bring it back. Okay. And it it totally um, it was it was. Uh, the steroid side effects was not a very good experience. I said, no, nah, no, nah, right. we are, we are going there. Take me off of this. And, uh, um, and that, and then unfortunately I, I've had a couple people reach out to me that had a similar experience to what I had and they lost their sight, not a heart attack, but, uh, another type of surgery. Right. And they wound up with, um, the optic nerve damage and that. And, uh, um, so I kind of realized right. in a, that, that first week, but I mean, I still had hope right. in that, that, uh, you know, there'd be a, a miracle, but right. you know, there was a miracle it's, um, because of, if you're going to be blind now with all the technology and everything, um, 
you just have to adapt to the way you used to do things and right. you can still get it done. It just takes a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, so this is the, this is the question that I was, that I was leading up to segue up to it. If you feel comfortable at answering it, uh, I know that, I know that you're a man of faith and that you trust in God, uh, has this, and I'm going to call it a journey because it truly was a journey, not a, not a vacation. It was a journey. Uh, what, you must have had a lot of conversations with God or a lot of things going through your mind. Uh, did, was your faith ever, I, I'm not going to, of course your faith was challenged. It was put to the test like putting an engine on a dynamometer, right? So uh, did, did, you, did you question this? Did you, I mean, it's, it's human to question, say, why did this happen? What's going on? I mean, how did, how did your faith come, come help you get through this? And because my favorite Bible verse is, is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It is very hard for a 43-year-old man who has a family, that young family growing, has a career, has a house, has everything going on, having a, getting a heart attack, getting cancer, and then losing your eyesight. So how did you, how did you deal with this? Well, you know, I had people ask me, um, are you mad at God? And I, I was never mad at God. Um, in my mind, it was like, he's the next person I'm going to meet, so I'm not going to be mad at him. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I was just thankful that uh, it was me and not Michelle or the kids okay. that were were going through this. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I had my faith and, um, and was blessed with a, uh, with the employer that I had, um, and, and, uh, knew that, you know, it, it's, it's going to be okay. And most of my focus was on, okay, getting, getting better okay. and just getting stronger. And, um, yeah, I definitely had, um, faith was so important. I know I mentioned the wrestling match, but the next place that I went when I got home was to Sunday mass. And, uh, you know, to be close to the Lord and, um, and, uh, but I guess I've never really went to the place of thinking, Oh God, why me? I figured right. I had someone tell me God's got a plan for you. Yes. Um, in fact, I think my, I believe it was my priest has said it too. There's been a couple people because it's like he had every opportunity to take me and, right. uh, he's, he's got a, he's got a plan for me and, in the end, hopefully, I have a glorified body and I can see, and um, and well, you this will just seem like a blink, blink of an eye. <laughs> so, well, not hopefully, you will, <laughs> you will. But it's you know, it's it's easy to say those words. It's easy for someone who's not going through it to say those words. And uh, and do you feel that your faith grew through these challenges? Did you did you feel that you grew closer to the Lord? Do you did you? Did at any particular time, and you know, if you feel comfortable, did you did you feel his his did you truly feel his presence? We all as Christians say, "Oh, we, we know God is with us," but that's almost like a trite saying. But did you feel did you feel his presence? And maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But I'm not going to you put words in your mouth. But if you could share that for somebody else that's going through challenges, you know, one of the things that bothered me was. 
Oh, I never saw the light. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and then, uh, my brother explained it to me that they actually give you anesthesia or, um, so you don't remember what's right. happening. So maybe, maybe I did, but I know there was one moment in the hospital and I'll never forget it. It was in the ICU in Madison and it was Christmas Eve and the staff goes around and sings Christmas carols to the different rooms. And I, I tell you, Ray, that was the most beautiful music I've ever heard in my life. Um, and I know the Lord was, was in their voice and, um, and Andy's here and my faith is so much stronger. I've, uh, with my time, I spent a lot of time uh, reading the Bible and, um, listening to different podcasts and including yours. I really, oh, thank you. Really, really. Yeah. So, yeah, without, I don't know how I could ever have gotten through this without my yeah. faith. And, uh, and, uh, um, but there wasn't, uh, um, I didn't have, I had a lot, let's say I had a lot of small, God was there when I needed him and they, it wasn't one big, fabulous, right. glorifying moment. It was throughout the whole, the whole, whole process. Yeah. The whole, the whole journey. Yeah. Good. I mean, I, and, and I, and I noted that that's, that's wonderful because I think so many times in life, like you said, seeing the light and what have you, uh, the fact that the matters, even though like you, I mean, I'm not denying what your brother said, but no matter what man does with medication or with, with anesthesia, the good Lord could override that. You know what I'm saying? So I believe yeah. in my heart, I mean, that could override it. I mean, that's like nothing, you know? And the thing is that, that I, you know, I believe that for some, that he didn't want you to see that light, but he wanted you to, to feel the warmth. And lots of times in life, you know, and sadly, uh, you, know, you 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 have eyes that see the Lord without seeing, and that's that's more of a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Than those who can see, even though it's a terrible, terrible trial in in your in in your in existence. And uh, what what? And I'm just curious because I was never I never went through anything like you did. Everybody has their own crosses to bear in life in different ways, but. I have to honestly say, that regardless of whatever happened in my life, which is nothing health-wise compared to what you went through, uh, is that I was never ever angry with Lord God. I was never not never. That's not in my personality like yours, but in some way I was disappointed that God allowed this to happen. And did and did did you feel a disappointment that that you felt that the Lord allowed this to happen to you? Um. The- there was moments, um, and I don't think it was more on God. It was more like, um, I, I have these plans or when I retire, we'll do this or right, that, right. And, you know, it was kind of more like, Oh boy. And, uh, I did, you know, I, I've gone through counseling and that to get, you know, help to kind of talk or talk through, through that and and those emotions and that and um but this um and i just figure god god has a plan and trust um, in the lord with all your heart lean that on your own understanding right (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. and i have i have bad days of course you know i feel i feel 
privilege to be on this because I know everyone that listening to this has a story. Yes. Um, and, and that's what I've kind of learned through this is that, uh, you know, everyone has a story and, um, so. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, I know that your story is, uh, I'm, I'm using the word, it's a, it's a powerful, it's a, it's a powerful, powerful story. And, and you know the thing is i do want to make clear to the audience being disappointed in god is completely different than asking why me i mean why me is like why did i get i mean i'm not a why me person i am disappointed at times in my life but the lord shows me in his loving kindness that as you so aptly said that this is his plan for his life for your life and for whatever reason is that there's a there there is there is a master plan here and you sharing your heart with the audience um we will never know who this touches it's up to the lord for them for your words to touch a person who is going through a something whatever that something may be maybe it's not eyesight maybe it's something else and but really honestly as a observer to this podcast observer to you uh, as a as a as a as a friend that we've never shook hands yet is that i really have to commend you because your your faith is was is was and is more rock solid than and more foundational and uh, your your faith is truly built on a rock because I could just hear it in your voice and your actions and your thought process through this journey is is um, I mean really is a real testament to your faith and I have to commend you for that I don't know whether I could have been as strong with that specifically with eyesight being one of my fears you know. As you, as, yeah. you, as you were so uh i would have loved to say i mean i don't want to be tested in that way uh but i would i don't know if i could if i could be uh, i mean i would not be mad at god but i don't know how because you had to learn braille and everything how hard was that you know it uh it was somewhat challenging right away a lot of people think oh you're hearing you've got better hearing than everyone else. It's, it's more, I'm able to use my hearing differently, um, or use what God has given me for my hearing and really being able to listen. And, um, and so that was the same with like Braille, that to be able to, to feel the dots and that, and, uh, um, I can read Braille. I'm not great at it, but, uh, there's other technologies now that, uh, um, where you, it's not like before the computer age where, boy, you'd be in kind of in trouble without Braille. And I give, uh, I mean, hats off to all the individuals out there that are able to read Braille. Then my instructor, she, um, could read with both hands. Uh-huh. It was unbelievable. She could read as fast as I could have read with sight, faster uh-huh. than I could have read with uh-huh. sight. So, it was just amazing. She'd go, her finger would be going to the, one hand would be going to the next line when she's reading the top line. And, um, uh, but she was blind from birth, and that's how she learned Oh, she to was read. blind and, from birth. Wow. Uh, yeah, so, um, and then I've been so fortunate, and, and we'll get into this. Um, we, uh, I have a guide dog. I got polar here. It was. Yeah, you so, read my mind. Uh, I was going to bring him up. <laughs> yeah, it was about a, uh, almost two years, year and a half after I lost my sight. I had gotten polar. And he had to, before you can get polar, you have to 
um, being able to walk with a cane and okay. everything. It's uh, a guide cane, not a right. uh, walking right, right, cane. Right. Just, and uh, so you have to be able to safely cross the street without, you know, um, with the cane by yourself and different different things like that. Because with a guide dog, it's uh, uh, you're working as a team. So your yes. guide dog is also w- listening for your commands. So if you don't get command, they'll just stand there too. Right. So, um, so I got Polar. Polar is a standard poodle. When I filled out the application, they asked me what kind of dog you'd like, male or female, or is there a breed you don't want? I said, I'll take anything but a poodle. <laughs> so <laughs> they, it was a few months later they called and they said, we think we got the perfect dog for you. And, and it's, it's a poodle. And I, I was ready for a guide dog. And I said, yeah, let's try it. And they, the organization is Occupies that I went through and they actually come to your home with okay. the dog and spend a couple of weeks with you. And, um, before you get the guide dog, they spend time with you to see how fast you walk, what your environment's like to make sure, uh, they're really matching, matching the, um, dog with the, the person. Not all dogs are a good match. Um, so, so they, Puller went through training um, for about a year. Uh, he was trained. He was actually uh, in the Wisconsin prison system where inmates were working with him on the basic commands, and then individuals, uh, volunteers would take him out in the community mm-hmm. like during the weekend stuff, so he's exposed to people. And then after that, they evaluate the dogs, and then they go into what's called harness training, okay. and then they train him to be a guide dog. And about... 35% of the dogs actually get get all the way through guide dog school okay. um, and that, so it's a pretty low percentage. Yeah. And now, now, right. uh, how old was he when, when you eventually got him? He was a, a year and a half, okay. and now he's um, 10 and a half. Oh, he's 10 and a half. So, wow. You had him for quite some time already. Wow. Wow. And uh, now is he white? Because they want, no, who named him Polar? Did you name him Polar? The previous, when they were training him, they named him Polar. When they do, when he was born, they named the guide dogs in okay. alphabetical order. Oh, and he okay. was actually born um, December 23rd, right oh, wow. before Christmas. There's so a lot, a lot of parallels there, a lot of parallels there with your life. Yeah, I was actually in the hospital when uh, he was born. Polar was born, and he's actually a, a black poodle. And, uh, but they named him after the Polar Express. Okay. How they came okay. up with the name. Okay. Yeah, Polar. He's a good guy, that Polar. Yeah, thank, thank, mm-hmm. thank, thank God for him. That's, that's wonderful. And, uh, he's your buddy and he's your buddy in your eyes for you. Thank God. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah it's, uh, so does, now does he interact with the rest of your family? Uh, yes, he does. Yeah. Okay. When, the harnesses and on, he's like any, Okay, he's not, he's not in uniform. He's not in uniform. He's not in uniform. Right, yeah, right. But he knows when the harness goes on that uh, yeah, he's in he's, uniform. He's in and, uniform. Wow, wow, wow. And where does he sleep, may I ask? He actually, he sleeps on in the bedroom, and he's got his own dog bed. Okay, and, nice. In case you need um, him, he's right there. Guy. Yeah. He's, he's a good guy, that Paula. Yeah, he's a good guy. And uh, what I wanted to ask you, Mike, then again, if, you know, if it's, if it's all right, how would you say that this this uh, journey in your life has uh, uh, changed? Um, 
and I know it's it's for the positive, not for the negative, even though it's a terrible thing. How has it changed your wife, your children, your relationship with everybody, and and uh, how do you think that it that it did that it impacted them? Well, I tell you, Ray, you say I love you a lot more because you yeah. just don't know right. what the next mo- moment can can right. hold, and uh, um, you know, and for Austin and going into the field of neurology and working on um, studying um, how to regrow the optic nerve. Uh, um, you know, it's, it, uh, it's just heartwarming and, got, you know, we probably would have never picked that field if it wasn't what happened to me. And, you know, it's kind of um, God's way of, of guiding us and, um you know, it's a, we've, you know, and I don't want, it's, it's not all roses. Um, no, of course not. With, with things, but uh, we've definitely are a very strong, a stronger family. We were strong before, but we're even right. stronger because you, you just don't, you don't take anything for granted. Yeah. Um, and you, and you realize what's, what's important. Uh, right. Um, and that, and, um, yeah, it, it really puts things in a proper reference, right? It puts life. Absolutely, it puts life in the in in the in the proper reference. And uh, well, thank you know, thank God that you you, you know, little did you know, right? What a key element of your life would be. Obviously, as a wife, she is, but but little did she know when you met her in school, right? And you went to the bar on that first date, right? <laughs> and the thing is that <laughs> that uh, the the trials and tribulations of, of, of life that would, be, that would be coming your way. And thank God that you both have each other because I know that you must, that you support her in your own, in your own way as she supports you and so would your children. But as, a, as you, had, you had eyesight, which was, to me, is a is a wonderful blessing. So you're able to know in your mind what a sunset looks like, what corn popping out of the ground, what your wife looks like, what your children look like, because they're a little bit older. But it must have been. I was thinking about your daughter's wedding the other day, and Charlotte and I never had children, and uh, we've always had animals. But the thing is that most one of the most wonderful things for a father, I guess, it's it's positive and negative is to be able to give their daughter away and see her and see her in her wedding dress and see her and everything and that must have been very hard for you because you when the last time you physically saw her she was not a bride she was a young girl yet and how how did that how did you deal with that well yeah she was brenna was 15 when i lost my sight and uh yeah you know it it crossed my mind um and here especially this is it's been 10 years and i maybe thought of things a little more lately about wow i don't even know what i look like um but you know on the other side i know how how I could have never been able to walk her up the aisle, right? <laughs> you know, and I, I was just so thankful to God. And actually, um, Polar and I walked her up the aisle together. And uh, I'll have to get you a picture. Of oh, that I would love, I would love, to, I would love to see that. I would, I would love yeah. to see that. That, 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 that's, that's wonderful. But that's so. I mean, no. the challenges of losing your sight 
it, it's not something that goes away one time. I mean, it goes away one time, but it, it keeps keeps effervescing up and boiling up with the different aspects aspects of life and i know that but i mean here she is a a woman now and the last time you saw her she was a teenager so right but you know it's kind of um it's fun um you know like listening to your podcast and that and then teaching the kids i continue to teach i you know she taught them how to change the oil on the tractor and there's one time we our, our tractor, well, it was when it was snow and ice, and it was kind of stuck. And it's like I actually got on the tractor and got it unstuck. Oh wow! <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's uh, I I use the analogy. It's um, it's it's like being left-handed, and everything's made it made for right, a right-handed right, person. Right. You just have have to yeah. adapt. And uh, I've actually uh, I'm kind of adventurous and stuff. I've actually ridden a bicycle not very far. Right. It's like I wonder if I can still do this. Yeah, and, they uh, say you never lose uh, it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, you still got that that yeah. skill and you know it's little things like that that uh yeah. you know God God gives you to keep you keep you going. It's like right. uh, you know I still um definitely feel that I, you know, contribute to the family. I do the dishes and empty the dishwasher and huh. um and one one thing, you know, it's uh if you're a bad cook before yeah. you lost your sight, you're going to be a bad cook after you lost your sight. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you got something to eat, thank God, right? At least you got... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do, yeah. You, do you did you do you burn yourself often on the stove? No, not at all. You know, the the thing is, uh, you're you're more focused because you don't have your sight. Okay. Um, and that, um, you know, I've I've ran a drill. Um, really? Used the ha- used the hammer. Um, wow. Ran a saw. Um, and that, and you just, you're just that much focused. Okay. Where's, where's my hand? You don't try to quick go do something. And, um, so it's, it's kind of fun, um, too. It's like, um, working on the tractor. I could just about guess what size socket we need or, and that by just, by feeling it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that. You know, that, that I'm saying it, it's wonderful, and I and you are such, such, such an inspiration. And I don't, and uh, I know through your humbleness and talking to you, and uh, I know that I, I feel very confident there was many challenges and many times where different things went through your mind, not negative, but just different things went through your mind. And uh, but you're such an inspiration because today's society, people complain about everything, they go, they, you know, whatever, and they, and 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 you've just accepted the path that God had for your life. You were grateful for what you have, grateful what for what you still have uh and i i really i think that's amazing and i don't honestly think mike that a lot of people would be as strong and as faithful and 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 i sense in your voice that there's a joy in your voice a joy in your voice that you're alive a joy in your voice that you could still do things a joy in your life in your voice that you have polar that yes would would you have wished to have never gone blind of course you'd be a fool if you didn't but i honestly think from listening to you on this show is that you see a lot of things in life that people with 2020 vision don't see don't see and, uh, yeah you 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 hit the nail on the head with that it's um yeah i mean i could so easily not be here and uh but 
God's decided that I could still be here with my family. Um, so. so no, it says no. Really, I mean, you're. I, I'm. I'm not. I'm. I mean, I'm saying this sincerely from the bottom of my heart that you are a remarkable man. Uh, you have a remarkable family. Are we all perfect? Well, perfect. None of us are perfect, but you have a remarkable family, and you your faith has been tested in in lots of ways, like Job, and I and God has a way of testing all of us in different ways, and He knows how to how to how how to do that, and for you to be able to just take take this in stride. And really, it is in stride. You're sure you have your, your your moments and everything, but take this in stride and have such a joyful, positive attitude in life is is truly, truly, truly amazing, and is a testament to you, to your character. It's a testament to your family structure. It's a testament to your upbringing, and most of all, it's a testament to your faith. In our Savior Jesus Christ, because you you you're, you're you're saying this is God's will for my life, and you're accepting it, and uh, you, you're moving on forward as a good as a as a faithful Christian soldier, and I think that that's really the message here. Yeah, so the, the on the road podcast it has really been helpful and, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on this, but, uh, okay. You know, okay I, I, I'll take that five <laughs> bucks later on. <laughs> no. Yeah. no, but like the all and, and Jeff and, um, and, and you Ray, you're, um, I en- enjoy listening to all your episodes cause it's, uh, I think you mentioned it just recently. It's, uh, I know I'm not listening to a robot when I listen to Ray and he'll be, be open and honest with his audience. And, uh, um, you know, it's just, it goes back to what I said a little bit ago. It's uh, everybody has their cross to bear and, uh, you know, to, you can't think you're alone because God's with you and, and God's in all, with all of us together yeah. to help each other. So, yeah. And, that, and, and that's wonderful. And I, and you and your openness, your openness is going to be such a blessing. And I mean that sincerely from the bottom of my heart. We spoke about this before we went we pressed the record button, and we spoke about it a little bit on on the show today. But uh, your openness and is is going to stir people's soul. They may not have lost their eyesight; they may have something else going on in their life. And uh, and I, I really it's 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 it, it's wonderful because I know that the Lord is saying to you and and to the audience. Mike and I prayed before the show started, and. Uh, and we asked the Lord to bless it and to to speak through through Mike's words. And he did speak through your words, my friend. He spoke through your oh, words. Thank you. He, he spoke through your words of your faithfulness and uh, and the challenges that the challenges you had and the the stick withness of your family and the the, com- the sense of community and the people coming to plow the lined up the plow to snow and 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 God making polar for you. I don't think it's a coincidence that polar was born when you were in the hospital. God yeah. made God made him for you. Yeah, there's, there's so many things since this happened that it's like, oh, that's not a coincidence. No. <laughs> Even though, you know, some would, would say um, that it is, but it uh, it, it really isn't. Um, no, no. And, uh, and when you see, you could see, the, I could see the, un, the, I could see the unseen hand of God moving and manipulating in your life in so many different ways 
uh, from hearing your story, from your, your 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 family structure growing up with with you know ten children and uh, and your parents and thank God your parents and everybody they're still with you other than the ones I believe was sister you said you lost recently, God rest his soul and then and then the job that you got the pathway through the potato company cutting the trees with the with the with the uh, Department of Natural Resources uh, learning all of that those are all skills and challenges of life that we're getting you ready and then being blessed with a with a with a, is, is the bank still around that you worked for are they still own business so so many banks closed sadly yeah they are um and it was uh acquired before i lost my site so i went through an acquisition and then just recently they went through another acquisition okay very very different bank than when i started with it but uh yeah uh, yeah we, 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 we won't like go there everything yeah, yeah <laughs> we, we won't go there It'll be another episode yeah yeah we, we <laughs> won't go there but the, but if you look back at it and and the reason why i'm saying this is to is is to to celebrate you but also to share with the audience uh, is that and and to have them look introspectively because really god shined upon you in but you didn't know it at the time as you maybe knew it but you took it for granted like all of us but you know it was you had said in the show that there was a wonderful employer that everything you know that that if you look if you look back uh at all the things that all the pos- positions and pieces of life that were put together for this challenge and this 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 trial that you were going to go through you could see the dominoes being moved and very clearly you know what i'm saying that dominoes being moved and uh and at least, and you were blessed to be able to see your children being born. You see your children, I mean, the teenagers, maybe, yes, you don't see them right now, but you have memories of them, memories of your parents, memories of everything. And uh, and to somebody like your Braille teacher, they don't know what anything looks like in this life, right? Well, they, they don't know it through the eyes, but they know it through the other senses. Yeah, in, in that, and uh, you, um, I don't know if that made made sense, Ray. But, yeah, no, it uh, does. No, it, it does make sense. It's just uh, you know, it's kind of like right now. I I picture you, Ray, and I could I can't wait for the day that I see you. Um, and uh, and it's like huh, I had no idea. I thought this is what you looked like. And, and no, let me put it this way: what, however bad you think I look, I will disappoint you even more. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I, no. Can't, I can't. But, but but you know. But uh, so I will. I, uh, I guarantee to disappoint you, no matter how bad you think I am. No matter, I'll still disappoint you. I won't pleasantly surprise you. <laughs> no, no, I, I, no, no. I, I, I won't pleasantly surprise you. So it's. Uh, but you know, it's the it's the essence of life, my friend, and uh, you are the essence of life, and uh, you have a story and a lesson in life here that is just remarkable, uh, remarkable, and I'm hoping that that the audience sees sees through the humbleness of you. Oh, it wasn't so bad. Oh, I could do this. It wasn't do that one. Well, it was bad. It was, but your faith carried you through. The Lord carried you through. And uh, and your character and your upbringing and you know and uh, your kudos to your parents kudos to you know uh, everything there's there's a lot of heroes here you know what I'm saying but the biggest hero is our savior who did carry you through you know? so absolutely and if there's anyone in the audience that listens to this that have 
are losing their sight or lost their sight and have questions or want to talk to me, if the, Ray, if it's okay, they reach out to you oh. and you can give them my contact information. And um, I would be, on- be happy, happy to help. I, 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 I would be honored. I would be honored to do that, no matter what it is, to for them to reach out. And hopefully, God willing, that maybe the good Lord blesses in the near future, I will be not too far from you in Jackson, Minnesota, right up at the Fent, the new Fent Welcome Center. And you said it's only about three hours from you, right? Correct. Yep, correct. Yeah. Yep, about yeah. three hours away. So, yeah, if you're yeah. If you're coming this direction, uh, um, we're definitely having coffee and well, I'm gonna have a no, hamburger. I'm, I'm gonna have a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna do we're gonna do lunch, all right? You know, hey, we're gonna do lunch. Yeah. Not, not just coffee. And Paul is gonna come too. We're gonna see him. But mm-hmm. uh, but Mike, do you have as as we get ready to close? Uh, I want to physic. I want to personally thank you and sincerely thank you for being on the show. I want to thank you for being a friend of mine. And I, and I want to thank you for uh, for for coming on and being so candid with with your 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 walk in life with this. And is there anything that you would like to add to the uh, to the uh, to the show to the before we get ready to wind this up for today? Well, I think we've we've covered everything, Ray. Just a, a thank you to you and everything that you do. Um, through the website and through the podcast and um you know it's uh it's amazing what you're doing i know you've explained it as far as uh not having advertisers and that 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 you know you're you're giving back to all of us beyond just preparing a tractor well, th- well, thank you very much. But I take zero credit for it whatsoever. That's the that's the Lord's hand, and that's a story that I will share with you one day when we have that hamburger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So or we have yeah. that hamburger. But uh, Mike, I want to thank you so much for coming on. We uh, it's been wonderful, and uh, I'm going to play our exit music. But I'm going to ask you not to hang up because I just want to go over some things with you. And I want to thank you for inviting the audience to reach out to you. And please know that you are a blessing, blessing to all of those that you interact with, whether physically or through the airways of the podcast. Thank you, Ray. Okay, so please stay stay on the line for a second, and then we will just end this, okay? Okay. Okay.